0: This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. You can turn to chapter four, and we'll start with verse one. But if you're taking notes, I've titled today's message: "Stick to the Plan." Stick to the plan. If you're with me streaming on live, or with your with. If you're here with me today, I'm just going to invite you to pray one more time. We're just going to invite God to speak to our hearts, comfort those who need comfort, and um, change those who need changing. And uh, Jesus, we're so grateful for your grace and your goodness. We invite you to this place. We pray that your word would speak to us, that you would be with those who need you, and you would guide us in the way that you would want us to go. In Jesus' mighty name. And we all said? One more time. There we go. Okay. Uh, if, if you're taking notes, uh, I want to talk about the plan of God. And um, God has a plan for all of our lives. And in Jeremiah, we, we hear that that plan is good. It's one of us to prosper. I don't know about you, but I want to prosper. I want to live the blessed life. And uh, ultimately, our goal is to finish well and to be fulfilled. But a lot of times, us, like Jonah, don't always like the way God has planned things. And um, I like a plan. Anyone, anyone else a planner out here? Know a planner? Like the details? OK. Uh, you can point to the planner in your row. Uh, but I like a plan, maybe uh, you 've heard of the love languages or you 've heard me talk about this. Uh, my love language because I have four children is obviously access service is high, but also quality time. I work with Chad, I work out with Chad, I live with Chad, like you know just like and then I look at him and 'm like, I just feel like we haven 't gotten enough time lately you know but when you 're access service in your time you 're basically I basically want Chad to serve my plan for long periods of time. You know what I'm saying? Like the honey-do list, like the grandiose ideas. But um, but you know what? His plan and my plan are not always the same. But one time when we were dating, uh, he in his loving kindness and uh, his pursuit to woo me and win me over, um, he had planned a date day. And he was so sweet, and he was like, Julia's a planner, she loves a plan. So he printed an itinerary of all the places that we were going to go in Seattle, Washington. See, this is amazing in theory, unless you want to make your own plan, you know? I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a, uh, i love this. You are so sweet and romantic, and, um, but like, if I had like a red pen, I would just make a few little edits, you know, just, just. I think this is where Jonah is at. He's like, OK, this is God. Uh, I understand that you know, you're you the creator of the universe and everything, and, you, and, I, and, I, and I want to believe that your plan is good. But I have a difficult time trusting your plan is good. And I think that there is a thought there that speaks to all of us. Number one, if you're taking notes, uh, God's plan portrays his nature. In verse 1 of chapter 4, it says, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. So he didn't run back to the northern part of Israel where he was from and say, Hey guys, just... I just want to let you know that I'm the man. I was part of a big revival, reposting all the tags that he was in, you know, just pounding his chest. Hey, you know, a king was actually saved. I was part. No, it said, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. So his meltdown was on the heels of a miracle. This is a lot of us sometimes. This is our Sunday versus Monday. You know, I walk around here and I'm, I'm putting on a smile and everyone's asking, how are you doing? I'm like, blessed and highly favored of the Lord. But the reality is, is my Monday looks a little different. This hair is not here. It's like there. And I'm like, if you say mama one more time, if you, if you even look at me, go get your, go get your own milk okay? Get, Chad, get your own milk. I'm just kidding. <laughs> For your coffee. Okay. Half and half tomorrow. Woo! I already bought it. I'm smel- I smelt it. Just, I'm just throwing that out there. But um, a lot of times, we, we have a revelation of his goodness and who he is and how wonderful it, he is. And Jonah... And Jonah has that, and we see in verse 2, he starts to address it. He's ticked off. I hated those people so much. I didn't want to be a part of this plan. I knew it. I knew it. And we get to verse 2. Do we have this behind me? It says, he prayed to the Lord. Isn't this what I said? Oh, look at it right there. Is, remember Remember, I said this? I, I knew it. Have you ever had someone a, a address you and start a sentence with Remember? Re- remember, remember when I said, remember that I told you that I'm golfing tomorrow? No? Because I would remember that. You know what I'm saying? That is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you were, here it is, I knew it. I knew and I believe that you were a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love. I knew that you were so good, a God who relents from Next page, no. Nope. Now, oh, I think we're missing a couple words. Basically, relents from perishing the people of Nineveh. Basically, I knew that you would save them, and I said, "Okay, I'll obey you." But I, to be honest, like I, I don't really want to be a part of that plan. That was, that was. You're too good. You're, you're not exactly exactly what I wanted. And we see the character and the nature of Jonah looking very different than the nature of a good father. And it starts it, it starts to expose who Jonah is but it also exposes who God is in his great compassion. Because it's easy for us to do the will of God without having the heart of God. It's easy for us to serve but Forget to let the word to serve our character. It's easy for us to do the work of the Lord without actually being in relationship with the Lord of the work. And, and the heart of Jonah begins to get exposed, but then the heart of God begins to be exemplified even more the essence of who god is is one who is good and one who is compassionate and one who has the plan set forth see there's a difference between believing and trusting he believed that god was good but he didn't quite trust in his goodness that's a challenge for all of us as christians i think my way is better god i'm just gonna say this and I believe you're good, but I don't actually want to walk that out. Because that's what the trust exchange is. And there is power. And actually declaring who he is. Because that gives within us an ability to trust that he's ordered our steps. That he's in control. Some of us here need to be reminded that he is good. And his plan is meant to prosper us. And even though it might seem dark or or dim at times, tomorrow he can bring light. Because he's a beautiful way maker. Number two, and we get into verses three and four. God's plan can seem like a disruption, but has divine direction. Chad talked a little bit a couple weeks ago about Interrupters. Ain't nothing worse than an interrupter, ask Chad, because I am one. But I don't see myself as an interrupter. I assume that we're co-telling the story, because he's leaving out details. So I just merge in, and and we get done, and he's frustrated, and I'm like, nailed it. Like, like that was a collab, you know what I'm saying? Right? No, okay. Okay. But it's frustrating to be disturbed. I know this. I have children that disturb me from my sleep, and all of a sudden I react, you know, like when when our way is being interrupted or our thought is being interrupted. I mean, there there we can all admit that there are things in life that we can't control. And it's difficult that we can't control it. But sometimes we ought to have the mindset to say Okay, I can't control but what I can't control what you can control, but what I can control is the mindset that you are in control. Cause then when I when I start to relinquish control because you're in control, I trust you, I see your goodness, and then I look at actually the divine direction that's held within it. In verses three. Jonah starts getting real dramatic. Meltdown turning bad right now. He goes, therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me for it is better for me to die than to live. He he wants to quit. The series that we're in is is talking about running towards his plan because Jonah was a runner away from his plan. The thing about running is it's exhausting. It's fatiguing. We all either... Want to fake asthma or quit, you know? It's hard to keep going. And here's Jonah saying, That's it. I'm just gonna sit up here on a hill in this heat, I'm going to pout. And I'm just going to wish that maybe somehow these barbaric people that I have prejudices and racism against, um, they're going to despair. They're going to relent somehow, some way. They're going to take back their salvation, and they're going to be in despair. And then in verse 4, God engages Jonah on his question, which I think is amazing to to understand that God is present and able and willing to listen to you speak to God. Verse 4, it says, And the Lord said, Do you do well to be angry? He's concerned with who Jonah is. It's a rhetorical question actually addressing the flaws of Jonah's heart. He's saying, I'm just, is this, is, this, is angry, anger looking good on you? Is this? Is, this, is there a reason? Is this, is this productive for you? Jonah is like, be good to me, God. Take care of me. But don't ask me to be good to others. I want to be a recipient of grace, but not a dispenser of it. Don't you dare ask me to do one more thing. I don't want to be a part of this. Don't you dare ask me to serve on ZST, God. I want to sleep in on Sundays. And then in Proverbs, chapter 3, we see the divine nature of his plans. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean. I love that word, lean. A lot of times we lean on our own understanding. We lean on what we know our programmed responses. And lean not on your own understanding in all the ways. He's saying, Everything who you are, lean on me because I will always, always be present and there for you to carry you, to lift you up when you feel like you can't walk on this path alone. (laughs) Submit to him and he will make your path straight. There's a journey ahead of us in life. There's a race. There's a course. it's referenced many times in the Bible that God orders our steps. He, he destines our path. He creates a way. And, and in big picture, we might say, God, your plan looks good, but it's, I, I actually tend to fall into Jonah mode, and I am actually in the belly of a whale season right now, and it feels lonely in here, and it feels dark, and... Just like Jonah, time and time again, I want to quit. I want to die because I'm either so angry or I'm so done. And I look at this and I see Jonah time and time again being angry, being exposed, showing the ugliness of his character. But then when I see time and time again is the divine, destiny that is ahead and that God has a beautiful picture that Jonah is about to be a part of and his availability to Jonah should be a correlation for us to have an understanding that he's available for you and I today he's available for our shortcomings he's available for our loneliness he's available for all of our questions and confusion He's available. You can trust him. You can lean on him. And then we get into those obscure verses. I'm like, Chad, can you just give me the scripture where it says Jesus is my unicorn and we just talk about that? That's not a scripture, but I'm just, you know, that would just be easier if we talked about this. Verses 5 through 10, it says this. Jonah had gone out and sat down at a place east of the city. There he had made himself a shelter, sat in its shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. He's pouting. Then the Lord God provided a leafy plant and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the plant. So, okay, so fine. Jonah is having one moment of satisfaction. But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm. Okay, so God appoints a a storm, and then God appoints a whale, and then God appoints a leaf, and now God appoints a worm. And you're like, whoa, wait, hold up. You said Jonah was happy. Does, is God not concerned with my happiness? No, God is concerned with your happiness, but he's also concerned with your sustainability, that you can be happy long term. It's called fulfillment. It's called satisfaction of our soul. But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm, which chewed the plant, bye-bye plant, so that it withered. And then verse, when the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind. I mean, there is nothing worse than being hot. It's like claustrophobic. And the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint, and he wanted, oh, there he goes. He's wanting to die again. And it would be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, Jonah is it right for you to be angry about the plant oh it is he said i mean he is tough and i am so angry i wish i was dead he is so mad that i mean i have been in some hot places but he is so mad that he wants to die number three god's plan offers sustaining satisfaction so here comes this leaf and um Big old leaf, it's providing him a little relief and comfort and shade. And um, I'm a part of a group chat, and it's called the fiddle leaf support group. And um, if you've ever had a fiddle leaf or been a plant person, it, it is hard to keep a plant flourishing, let me just tell you. And uh, it, it requires a, a combination of things. But imagine if I took the fiddle leaf, and um, I just feel like I'm like like seeming like a nerd talking about like a fiddle leaf support group. I'm actually a cool mom, OK? If uh, I cut off a leaf and I like used it for monetary comfort, like something that just was like, I'm, I'm going to use this leaf to, I don't know, be my fan when I'm hot or block my kids when I don't want to talk to them. I mean, like whatever it is. It, like. Gave me a little happiness to use my fiddle leaf for a temporary. But the thing is, after time, you know where I'm going here. This leaf, it's not going to stay alive. Because it's been removed from the thing that is rooted and planted and watered and nurtured. See, Jonah doesn't own that plant. It's not his. God provided it to him. And he's not taking care of it. He's not nurturing it. Not He's not... He doesn't have ownership interest in that plan. He's just using it, which a lot of us have vices and fixes and things that provide us comfort and happiness for a moment. And then here comes the worm, and it breaks down the thing that's just giving us a, a quick moment of satisfaction, a quick, a quick hit of joy, a quick moment of relief. And he removes that thing, and you're like, wait a minute. I read this, and I'm like, okay, God, so you're taking away the thing that made him happy. Does this mean that, that, that you orchestrate bad things? No, not necessarily, but I don't think all bad things are from the enemy, I think there are things that are removed from your life intentionally because God wants to give you sustaining power because he says that he is the well that does not run dry. And if you drink of me, you will never thirst again. So when you run to me and I water that thing that I have planted in you, that thing is going to flourish and give you sustenance for longevity. One of my favorite psalms, Psalms chapter one, it says that that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit. I don't know about you, but I wanna be fruitful in life. And season and whose leaf does not wither, does not die. It does not acquiesce. Whatever they do, they prosper. Why? Because it's waters. Because it's refreshed in the thing, in the presence of God, in the person of Jesus. Job is someone in the Bible who experienced a lot of hardship. He, like Jonah, had a lot of conversations with God. And God was available for all of his questioning. But Job also references the image of the tree. And he references it in correlation in Job chapter 14 it says at least there is hope for a tree because job had lost everything family members business he said at least i find hope in a tree if it is cut down it will sprout again it's and its new shoots will not fail its roots may grow old in the ground and its stump died to the soil Yet at the scent of water, it will bud and put forth shoots like a plant. Maybe you're here and you have experienced loss or death or maybe a dream inside of you feels dead or gone. Can I remind you that his presence waters and nothing is too dead that he can't resurrect, that he can't bring life to. But I'm talking about life and fulfillment that's sustainable. That there's longevity. Verse 8, it says, When the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint, and he asked that he might die again, for it is better that I may die. And then God said to Jonah, Do you do well being angry? And verse 10 He said, and the Lord said, you pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and then perished at night. That that plant is gone in a minute. You wanted that. And then verse 11, in the conclusion of the entire chapter, he says, and should I not pity Nineveh? The great city, I love that he calls it the great city. The city that I love. The city that is filled with people that I'm obsessed with. In which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, they're lost. And my obsession is with lost people. God's plan is his people. This whole book has to do with his obsession with people. But it also has to do with his love and obsession with one person. That he would go after the one and he would use the one to be part of the plan. And he says, Jonah, if you would just stick to the plan, something better is coming. And the Old Testament is a foreshadow of things to come. And we see the story of Jonah referenced in, in the book of Matthew. In Matthew chapter 12, it says, Then some of the Phariseites and teachers of the law said to him, Teacher, teacher, we want to see a sign from you. And teacher, Jesus, he answered, A wicked and adulterous generation asked for signs, but none will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man, so will I, be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. See, Jonah was in the belly of the fish, but God loved us so much that he sent another one to be in the belly of the earth. But he wasn't going to stay there for three days and three nights. He was going to be resurrected so that the son would come, that he would give us life and life abundantly. He sent his son because his plan was his people. And the person of Jesus came to reach thousands and thousands and millions and millions of people. See, God appointed a storm and he appointed a whale and he appointed a leaf and he appointed a worm and he appointed Jonah but he appointed his son that you and I could live fully but not just stay there to be invited to be part of the plan to be part of the story to reach his people anyone down to sign up to say I want to be part of reaching the lost I want to be I want to play my part I want to do everything in my power to be a part of of the church that touches people, amen?